Where else can you go to not only find the information on how to train your dog, but the best deals on training equipment as well? Standing Stone Supply has everything you need to create that next versatile champion from DT system electronics down to even emergency med kits to take with you on your hunting trips. If you need some help with your training program, then their step-by-step online course might be a great fit for you, making it a convenient one-stop shop for the knowledge as well as the gear to take your training to the next level. Hit up standingstonesupply.com and promo code GDIY will save you 10%. As someone who constantly travels to new locations out of state to hunt, I have to rely on map scouting before I even get in the truck. Onyx Hunt Maps makes it super easy for me to plan out my trips as well as track my success while on the trip. The offline maps along with the tracking feature and ability to add pictures to my waypoints means I can always reference old trips and hunts to better prepare for the next. When planning your next hunt, be sure to use Onyx to put you and your dog in the best situation you can. Use code GDIY20 at checkout to save 20% and know where you stand with Onyx. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Definitely, I've learned just from today that less is more. You know, mm-hmm. you I can see how you can do a lot of damage with especially a young dog early on by trying to do more than what it's capable of doing at one time. Do you have trouble physically making it through long hunts? Is your dog always giving you that angry look telling you to keep up? You train your dog, but now it's time to train yourself. Rocky Mountain Hunt Strong is the company for any hunter that is looking for an effective fitness routine to get healthier and be able to hunt longer and harder. This company has merged fitness and the passion of hunting to help people like you and me continue to do what we love. From the Rockies to the Smokies and every field or prairie in between, this company can get you ready to go longer, cover more ground, and recover quicker. Go to RockyMountainHuntStrong.com and see their program for yourself. Use a discount code GDIY to save 15% and get to work. Train harder, hunt stronger, and recover faster. All right, welcome back to another week of GDIY. Adam, how was your uh, two-week deployment to Kentucky? I wish I was going to Kentucky to hunt quail or something like that, but it was good. Weather wasn't too hot and uh, got her done, man. It's good to be back. So you're just flushing up uh, quail all over, all over the base up there? I might have found one or two up there, but uh, nowhere where you're allowed to hunt. So everyone just stay away from Kentucky for quail hunting. <laughs> well, I don't think you said which base it was on, but uh, yeah, so we might be safe. Might, might be able to go after those birds a little bit later. No one else uh, go check out Kentucky for quail at all. But yeah, this week uh, we have a fun little conversation for everybody. You know, we we had a couple buddies of mine up here to the uh, training day for the NAVDA chapter, and it's Jacob and Andrew. They're with the Southern Outdoorsman podcast. I've been buddies with them for a few years now, and I've been trying to talk to them about getting a dog for a while, and now they, they really got struck by the bug and uh, they wanted to come check it out and i thought it'd be fun to get a perspective of not only have they not been to a nab to training day but they really hadn't seen 
these dogs in action and seeing what they really can do. So I thought it'd be fun to get them on and get a first timer's perspective. Yeah, it is interesting to get a a first timer's perspective. And uh, I think they were overall impressed with the dog work. That's typically what happens when someone that's not uh, a gun dogger sees the dogs in action. They're, they're impressed, but uh, they also realize that, you know, anyone can do this. It's not, you don't have to to be a pro, and uh, we say it all the time that that NAVDA as an organization is not intimidating. It's like a big family, and they really got to see that. And it's it's not intimidating because you've got people on both ends of the spectrum: people that are brand new, and people that have really been doing this for a long time, thirty or more years. So, uh, you know, it's just another testament to like, come on out and and give it a shot to do it yourself. Absolutely. So it's a pretty fun conversation with them. You know, uh, that if you guys are interested, they have, they have a great podcast themselves. They're, they kind of focus on deer and Turkey mainly, but they throw in a little small game here and here and there, but, uh, they, they're kind of like us, but on the deer and Turkey side, they, they're just DIY guys that do it on public land and everything. And I've known Jacob for, for a few years now and kind of met Andrew a couple years after that. But believe it or not, I, I don't know if you even know this, but Andrew, he's actually the one that did the GDIY logo. So I don't, I don't know if you know that or not. No, I didn't know that. Uh, that's pretty cool, man. <laughs> I like him even more now. <laughs> yeah. So whether you, you, you like the logo or hate the logo, he's to blame for it. So, uh, you know, shout out to him and, you know, I don't know if I ever thanked him on air for that, but yeah, there you go. So, uh, real fun conversation and, uh, we'll get to that in a second, but first, you know, we didn't get to do a life advice with Adam last week. You know, a lot of people were missing out. They didn't know what the heck was going on, man. I swear every week when you bring this up, we're going through our intro. I'm like, yep. What's next? You know, next going to talk about social media or whatever. And then every time you mention life advice with Adam, I'm like, oh yeah that thing so send it buddy what's next all right nick and adam i've got the email right here it is from a listener in alabama andrew and he wants to know how you can build up enough brownie points with your wife and your family to go out and hunt and train dogs during the weekend they got to know how do you do it man this always puts me on the spot um i don't know be a good husband that's (laughs) that's the best advice I can give you is be a good husband. Uh, but seriously, I mean, that's just it. Uh, you know, I find myself dragging, dragging Jackie and the kids out to NAVDA stuff and they enjoy it. Um, but I have to go do stuff that, that they want to do too, you know, and I enjoy going to, to rodeos or whatever that they, they're big into horses. So, it's it's a little bit of a sacrifice because that's not always the way I want to spend my Friday night. But, uh, you know, it's a little bit of a trade-off. So do things that your wife enjoys doing and have a good time doing it and take her out to train dogs and, and hunting. And I think the brownie points come naturally from there. <laughs> so so no just magic pill. There's no magic date that you can come on and be like, man, there's a hunting trip this weekend that I really want to go on. And she's just kind of you know, not wanting me to go there. There's no special trick that you can put out on air. Is that something that he's just got to figure out for himself? No, the, the, the magic tricks don't last long. I think they <laughs> typically end up in a uh, divorce. So, uh, the best thing to do is communicate early, you know, that you're going on a hunting trip and maybe communicate early that 
all of hunting season, <laughs> you know, the priority is going to be hunting, but, uh, it really does boil down to communicating openly and, and early about stuff like that. And, uh, for me, I mean, of course I love doing the dog stuff, but family takes a priority over that. And, and sometimes it's hard to see that the family actually takes a priority over that because I'll make a bunch of sacrifices to go do dog stuff. And every once in a while, I got to just remind myself that, all right, I can't go train this weekend. I need to, to make what my kids want to do more of a priority and, and what my wife wants to do more of a priority. So that's it, man. There you go. That's why we ask you the tough questions because you just saved a marriage there. <laughs> Maybe, but not that I, not that I've got it figured out, man. And that's why this is so funny because uh, we definitely have plenty of arguments during hunting season about how much time I'm going to spend away. And, you know, I don't have it figured out, but those are the theories I try to use. <laughs> well, one thing is for certain that we can tell people is go follow us on Facebook and Instagram under Gun Dog It Yourself. Be sure to check out Patreon. Every little bit helps. We uh, we are getting closer and closer to that 100 Patreon mark or patron mark so that we can give away a gunner kennel. So you want that? Hit up our sponsors and partners, Conkey's Hound Hunting Supply, Gunner Kennels, Rocky Mountain Hunt Strong. Check them all out. Use our link if you're getting anything with Gunner Kennels. I don't know if you saw that special little green camo uh, bayou colored gunner that you know some people are going to want that blend in nice in a duck blind but uh yeah be sure if you're going to buy anything from gunner use our link at our website gundogityourself.com and uh did i miss anything during that mouthful spiel no that's it let's get to the episode here it is there's always something to debate or argue in the dog world but there's this one thing that's not up for debate all hunters and dog hunters know you need the right gear not just for yourself but for your dogs as well Conkey's Outdoors Hound and Hunting Supply is your number one source for all things hound related. Conkey's is owned and operated by true houndsmen themselves. They've got you covered no matter the game you're chasing from hog hunting, bear hunting, and even gator hunting. Bird dog guys don't feel left out either. They have whatever you need, whether it's training collars, tracking collars, boots, chaps, vests, coats, and more. No matter what you and your dog needs to have a successful hunt, check out Conkey'sOutdoors.com and they'll get you on the right track. Purchases over $100 gets you free shipping and enter GDIY5 to save 5%. And if you're a Patreon patron, you get to save even more money. So be sure to check out Conkey's Outdoors. If you're currently in the market for a kennel, then be sure to check out Gunner Kennels. Gunner Kennels is the only kennel that's five-star crash rated from the Center for Pet Safety. The double wall rotomodal construction ensures it holds up in all types of weather and conditions. Also, Gunner Kennels has a lifetime warranty. These kennels are built to last a lifetime and Gunner stands behind that. Gunner also has all the accessories you can need from fan kits to help keep them cool, performance and orthopedic pads to help keep them comfortable and ready to go after long travels, and even tie down straps to help ensure there's no worries for the kennel moving or sliding around in your truck. So if you need man's best kennel for man's best friend, head on over to gundogityourself.com and click on the Gunner link. Be sure to purchase your kennel, accessories, and even gift cards for holidays and birthdays through our link, and it will go a long way in helping out the podcast. All right, we're joined this week. We're privileged to uh, be blessed by your presence with the Southern Outdoorsman <laughs> guys, Andrew uh, Maxwell and Jacob. 
Country Biscuit. Country Biscuit. Yep. Myers. There you go. <laughs> so you guys are interested in getting your first dogs, and we've been talking nonstop on the phone for the past few weeks, and I finally just said, y'all need to come up to a training day. And so y'all haven't really seen any action in the field whatsoever before this, let alone numerous different breeds, different age groups, or anything like that. So we thought it'd be fun after your first experience, not having really any clue what to expect, Get y'all's first impressions and how it kind of motivates you guys moving forward and what that means for your dogs moving, you know, coming up next year, hopefully. Oh, yeah. So, the when I was a kid, I had like the bird dog I told you about, and I've never been around this. And we came up and stayed at your place last year. I don't even remember what we were doing, but we stayed with you for like two years. WTF. No, it wasn't in was WTF. BHA Rendezvous. No, that's what, that's, what, that's what it was. Whatever it was it's called. When Kevin was there. Yeah. Yep. So we went and did that, and back then you were like, you need to just go to a training day, because I was asking you questions, and now here we are. <laughs> it, only <laughs> it, it, only it, man. it only took you a year. So <laughs> you guys saw, like, how many different breeds of dogs did we end up seeing today? I don't even know what half of them are, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, I know I'm they, just going to go ahead and say I'm real green. You know? <laughs> it's like, we need a picture book for, for all the different breeds. <laughs> well, let, let's real quick just introduce yourself so everybody kind of can picture name and voice, and uh, then we'll just kind of go from there and, and run down throughout the whole day and what you thought about each, each as, aspect of it. So I guess, Jacob, go ahead and start. Yep, uh, Jacob Myers, Southern Outdoorsman. Um, it was a really cool experience. And to be honest, I had thought about getting a dog, but I've really kind of pushed it off until I saw Andrew all fired up about it. And then I thought of the opportunities that it would open up, you know, being a big deer hunter and kind of a turkey hunter. There's so many other things to hunt that we're like missing opportunities on, yep. whether it's, you know, squirrel hunting, rabbit hunting, whether it's, you know, upland bird, you know, quail now where we're at, uh, there's now a pretty good native population, uh, or duck hunting. And there's so much more than just being a deer hunter. And we just did an episode with, uh, uh, oh my gosh, I'm going blank, Mr. Benny, yeah. Ben George. And he's a big woodsman. He hunts everything. And it mm -hmm. got me to open my eyes. I'm like, there's so much more things to do in the woods and more time that you can spend out there just instead of just sitting in a tr uh, tree stand. Um, and that's when I kind of really got excited about the whole dog thing. I called you. We spent like <laughs> three and a half hours or four hours on the phone like two or three nights ago. Yep. And I mean, this was asking, and I do, I was dialed in. I'm like, well, how do you do this? How do you do that? And, you know, probably should just go back and listen to a lot more of y'all's episodes and kind of like start back and like, okay, make it together. Yeah, that sounds pretty I'm typical like, though. Oh, go back to that episode. Go back yeah. to that. Yeah, yeah. Adam does that. So you'd already know that if you listened to all the episodes. <laughs> <laughs> so what about you, man? What's, what's kind of sparked your interest in getting a dog? Pretty much the same thing. I mean, uh, I'm a big deer hunter. That's like what we've always done. But as a kid, we small game hunted more. I'm mo mostly squirrels, rabbits, sometimes yep. beagles. And that's pretty much the extent of my hunting experience with a dog is like a pack of beagles. Um, and I've squirrel hunted a few times with some fights, but that's it. Um, so what's gotten me interested in it is where I live, a couple things. One, I found some pretty good spots to go duck hunt. I really want to duck hunt. Um, and I was telling, I think I was telling you the other day, Jacob, that the deer hunting thing in Alabama, we open October 15th and we go to February 10th. That's a long deer season. <laughs> that is long. And I usually hunt all of it because, I mean, I love deer hunting, but I was telling you, I'm like, I'm married now and I need to, you know, tap the brakes a little bit, especially once you get around New Year's, you know. Like, <laughs> dude, I put Tiffany through the ringer. I'm like going to Wyoming, I'm going to Tennessee, I'm hunting every weekend in Alabama. And so for me, I've always had an interest in the dog thing, but 
she is real interested in it because it's dogs and she likes dogs. Well, let me stop you right there. Your logic is all messed up. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, oh, you're like deer season's long. You're talking September to February. And then as soon as your wife's like, thank God hunting season's over, you're like right into testing and training season pretty much. So yeah, that's, but I can bring her into it. That's yeah. a huge, well, you can. So it's a huge benefit of this gun dog world is it's literally year round for us. I mean, oh yeah. We're training until, and then we'll, I'm going to run a test in October, and we're literally driving the next day mm-hmm. to go on our first trip for yep. the year. And in, and when hunting season's over, it'll be like, all right, where are we finding some pin raised birds? Like the oh, next yeah. weekend. So, but you're right, you can involve your wife. So maybe your logic's, maybe you're straight. It, well, the thing is, I've tried to get her. She's gone deer hunting with me a bunch of times. Jacob shaking his head. Yeah, she's gone deer hunting with me, and she just she doesn't like it, man. Like I can't. I can't get her into it, but the dog hunting thing, I'm like, this is something that I could definitely see her doing with me, you know? Well, just from the aspect of y'all share the dog, it's Mm -hmm. a companion that lives in the house with you. She obviously cares about the dog, but also it's a different style of hunting. You're not asking her to come in the woods and sit in a deer stand for hours on end, maybe when it's cold and just, you know, this is boring until a deer pops up and, uh, it, you have a much higher chance of probably getting her wanting to go outside. Oh, yeah. Even if she's not going to hunt or pick up a gun, you know, heck, she may want to just grab the camera and take pictures of you and the dog hunting. Oh, yeah, exactly. And and it's not, you know, for, for us, the way that we deer hunt, deer hunting is like a heavy endeavor. You know, like when you're going out deer hunting, it's like for me, it's pretty much always like a minimum six-hour, like half-a-day commitment. And I've got some little places next to the house where I can be there in 15 minutes to dove hunt or quail hunt or duck hunt or something like that. Yeah, drop yeah. in for an hour or two. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So yep. it, it's just a easy – and plus, like, the added opportunity there. Like, there's there's birds where I can hunt right next to my house. I just don't have a dog to hunt them with. Yeah. Well, this is more of a social thing, too, I think, than deer hunting. I mean, there's a social aspect to, to deer hunting. You know, if you're going to a camp or going on a trip with guys – the social aspect of deer hunting is like after the hunt when you're sitting around the fire yep. drinking beer and hanging out. And it's the same with gun dogs. But like today, I asked Jackie if she wanted to come out when I was running my dog. She's like, no, I'm going to stay in the parking lot. She's like messing around with puppies. But then I looked over and she's over there watching. You know, she had moved down where she could watch because it is. It's like yep. it's a companion that's in the house. So there's a certain aspect of it of they want to see their little their little fur baby do its job and yep. she's just over there cheesing happy to watch him run around oh, yeah. you know <laughs> and it, you know it's kind of like what jacob was saying earlier and and we've had this conversation for years because it's every time we've been you know we've been buddies for a few years now and every time we hung out you know one of y'all be asking questions about dogs oh, yeah. or something and i'm like you know just get into it because we've talked about it a number of times i deer hunt i enjoy deer hunting but at the end of the day, if you ask me if I want to go spend a half a day sitting in a deer stand, or do I want to go spend a half a day walking the woods with my dog or a buddy and actually seeing different terrain and moving around in different areas, I'm going to pick the the small game hunting. But it is hard to fill up a freezer with just uh, grouse or quail, especially <laughs> in Tennessee. So yeah, the, I was going to say, I don't enjoy deer hunting that much. I just enjoy putting meat in the freezer, yes. really. <laughs> yeah. So. so, I mean, the small game... If you really want to have fun, whether it's duck hunting, quail hunting, upland, what, whatever, the fun is in the small game. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, that's not to say that you don't get that adrenaline rush when you're deer hunting or, or turkey hunting or anything like oh, that. Yeah. Obviously, it, it's there, and I've felt it. But uh, on just a daily perspective of did you actually have fun the entire time yeah. or just when, you know, you happen to see a deer come out? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, and, and that's another thing. Jacob, he grew up, I mean, all you did was deer hunt. He got into it, like, later. He didn't, like, you weren't a kid deer hunting or anything. Yeah. And so he hadn't small game hunted much until like the last two years. I remember last year, I was like begging him on opening day. Dove. I'm like, dude, come out here. There's doves. It's going to be fun. And he came out there and shot a limit. And then then he's like Joe Dove Hunter, man. He's like out there every, every. I, thought, I thought he was getting a dog then because that's when he called me. He's like, dude, there's a guy out here with a dog. He didn't even have to go get his own birds. <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah, that's yeah, what we're for. calling through the briars. We're like, where's oh, the stupid exactly. dove at? Let, let me tell you that because that was that was actually a, a point where it really clicked with me. Because I've had uncles, you know, growing up as as a kid, kind of growing up, it was all deer hunting. Like we didn't squirrel hunt, didn't rabbit hunt, none of that. Um, it's because my uncles weren't really into that, even though that's how they got hunting. Got into hunting. My, my father doesn't hunt, and uh, my mother doesn't hunt, so I got in. To hunting through my uh, my uncles, my uh, sis- my mother's siblings. The one thing that really clicked with me is on that dove hunt last year, which Andrew kind of was like, man, come out. And I've only been on a couple dove hunts. I they, saved him a spot. And always, and I begged him. <laughs> they're, they're, they're always like, oh, we always had some on our family farms, and they weren't ever really good hunts. You know, you might kill a couple birds. You know, there might be some flying, but there wasn't enough people to keep them flying. It yeah. wasn't super fun. Uh, and then also, you'd lose birds. You know, you yep. shoot them, they go in some thick stuff, and you're trying to go find them. And if it's still alive and buries up underneath, kind of like, you know, the chucker did today, it's hard to find them, dude. Yeah. I mean, if there's not like a trail of feathers. Um, well, we were dove hunting last year. Doves. Yeah, we were dove hunting last year. I had this little 20 gauge, like a little 20 inch barrel youth gun. I was borrowing from my uncle. We were out there, and I, dude, I was hunting in these standing pines that were only probably 12 feet tall. And they were cutting this drainage on the backside of the field that nobody was hunting. You could, they were way outside of range, but I got down there in that drainage where they were circling around and, and shot a couple. And I shot one, and it went down the stick stuff. I mean, it's all briars choked out, and I'm trying to walk, I can't find it. And I had just met a guy on the field who's my age as well. I had a dog named uh, Lucy, um, a black lab that was just at two years old. And he was, you know, getting her reps in. And I was like, hey, man, hey, can you bring your dog down here? He's like, yeah, sure. And he's like, Lucy, whatever, whatever he uses as, <laughs> as his term. And she runs down there and she trails this bird and it's still alive. And it's booking it through the briars. <laughs> and he, she goes and grabs it, snags it, and brings it back to me. I'm like, I would have never had that bird. Yep. Never. I was like, that was so freaking cool. And he just kept using it the whole day. And it's like it kept him where he could stay more focused, kind of on hunting. Let her do her work, keep an eye on her. She'd bring him back to him, and it was just it was a, a true bond. Yeah. And it was his first uh, gun dog, and I was like, man, that is so cool. <laughs> I've been hunting with guys before that have a dog and don't even bring a gun. They're like, I just want to watch my dog work, and I I used to kind of understand that, but now that I have a dog, I'm like, oh yeah, I can. Yeah. I could totally go hunting without a gun and just watch my dog retrieve birds, track a bird, whatever the case may be, because uh, it's rewarding. I mean, not only is there the utility aspect of it, of the dog recovering the wounded game for you, mm-hmm. but it's it's just it's enjoyable to watch. You know, it's very rewarding when you put that work into the dog and you get to see it come to fruition. Yeah, I, I could have sworn during dove season – I was like, Jacob's getting a dog. And then deer season hit, and he his interest he went back to out. deer. And then a few months later, you start calling, asking a few questions oh, yeah. about dogs. And I'm like, all right, well, as soon as Andrew gets into it, then Jacob's going to oh, yeah. get into it. And now both of y'all are just fired up. <laughs> and so, you know, after 
Jacob said we talked like three hours the other night. I'm like, you know, what are y'all doing Saturday? We have a training day Saturday. He goes, you know, nothing. I'm actually off work. Why don't y'all come up here? And when he said that y'all were coming up here, I want to know, like, what was y'all's expectations on the way up here? Like, did y'all, were y'all just like, we're going to go see some dogs? Like, what were y'all really thinking that today was going to be like? For for me coming up here like, again, I've never been around anything like this before. I've never been around like good dogs, like good bird dogs and everything. So you, I personally, I came up here and I was expecting to see like much cleaner presentation. Like there's a lot of dogs like you could see where people were struggling with different things, and everyone was helping each other. And that's I've heard you talk about that before. But you know, I was I, I don't know what I was expecting, but I came up here and I saw like all these dogs that had problems they were working with, and it helped a lot with me to understand what the heck you talk about on your podcast. <laughs> I listen to it all the time. I'm like I have no idea what he's talking about, but I'm fired up. <laughs> Yeah, and my aspect, I was coming up just on the eye aspect. I just wanted to see a bunch of different dog breeds. Um, Same here. Just because, you know, I've heard you talk about it. I've heard y'all both talk about them before. It's like, okay, you know, other than going in Google and trying to spell out, you know, whatever this <laughs> yeah. breed is, I'm like, let's go up there and, and look at these dogs and kind of see, you know, sizes. Because I have certain requirements that I'd like to have in a dog, and yep. we can talk about it in a little bit. I know Andrew does too, um, for like different uses of it and sizing and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, coming up and seeing all the different dogs was fantastic because, I mean, I saw, you know, all kinds of breeds that, you know, I maybe have heard about. Some of them I haven't heard about. I was like, that's mm-hmm. a freaking cool dog. <laughs> that that lab or the, uh, the uh, poodle, poodle, poodle corner. That thing was, that little puppy. I was like, that's so cool. <laughs> um, but just seeing that whole aspect was really interesting. But one thing I got out of it was how much more, I'm not going to say easier, but I thought I was coming to come up here. Same thing with Andrew. Ooh, that dog, he's <laughs> playing around with those cords. I thought we were going to come up, and I was almost kind of worried that everybody was going to be on such a high level yep, with their dogs that it was going to be unrealistic with a new guy. I'm like, mm-hmm. crap, well, you know, I'd be so far behind. Then I saw people with taking their dogs the first time I've ever seen a bird here yep, and yep. watch it. I was like, that's so cool. So it makes it more realistic with me kind of wanting to start fresh with a dog and kind of see what's worked for some people and kind of talk to them. You know, people from having pups that are four, four months old to you people know. that, I don't know what the oldest dog was. You um, have people that show up to a NAVDA training day that have a dog trailer with eight holes in it and they've got eight dogs in the back and they're, you know, a pro trainer maybe. And then you've got a family of four that shows up in a minivan with an eight-week-old puppy and they're like, <laughs> we got this dog because it's cute and now we decided to do something with it. Help. So, and, and everything in between. So that's a really, it's a neat part of organization really. So you just got back in town, Adam. Yeah. So you actually got to train a day late. And so with them coming up here, the way I spaced it out is I didn't want to do what I think a lot of the average people in the, in the chapters or something, you invite some buddies down, you want to want them to see just bang up dog work i wanted right. to see them be impressed but also wanted them to realize just like what they were saying is is it's more approachable than what most people think yep and so i started them out in the na field puppy for i mean the first dog they saw was a llewellyn setter that has never even seen a bird yep and then it just progressed from there to a dog that's been out twice before and then another dog that you know it's been out a few times but issues and then we went to the utility field where they got to see a little bit higher caliber and then they got to see high drive short hair versus you know the spinoni trot and then we closed out the day with the with the uh, brace work with 
Rachel and Mitch, but really what it was, it was kind of like it kind of walked them through the progression of what we talk about all the time with these dogs from it was like instead of just having like a dang that's a cool moment from just seeing yeah. a bang up dog right off the bat it was like all day y'all were just every step of the way like oh that's cool that's cool <laughs> so y'all got to appreciate like what it what really just even the exposure work with a you know what was it seven month old pup uh out the there setter? on the first one yeah the setter that was awesome man and you got to see in three birds how it it's never even smelled a bird to it crash slight hesitation then i locked up point to where i was even able to flush it for it mm-hmm. and y'all were just wow <laughs> yeah and three birds it figured oh, the, that, that out that dog's the, the lady right there she's like oh my god <laughs> she's she <was> pumped man <laughs> she was but, pumped but that's why i did it just because i wanted y'all to see numerous different breeds at different ages at different stages and you saw to where some dogs that are younger than others are further ahead than the older dogs because of you know training mistakes but everybody out here is here to help each other for for the most part you got a couple sticklers out there (laughs) depending on the chapters and everything but that's with anything though yeah and there's you guys probably didn't notice a consistency in like just because a dog is older it's doing better than a younger dog i mean you know sometimes you get the five-year-old dog out there and you're like probably nudging Nick, like, what is what's what's going on with this dog? You know, and there's a story to it. Like, there's mm-hmm. probably been something that's yeah. that's messed up. The handler made a mistake that's hard to repair. I learned a lot when we were on the it's the NA natural abilities. Yeah, the course. puppy stuff. Yeah, when you, you made a comment with one of the dogs when you were like, okay, let's take the gun away when we were out there shooting. And oh, it's, yeah. by, it, it's reaction when it was you said it was associating. That bird flushing that scent to a, a loud noise it wasn't used to. Yeah, I was like, I didn't, I didn't even notice that. And then you picked it. I was like, that was so cool. I get, I'm looking at it like you know, never even seen this before. Yeah, you can see the go- dog when it smells it. It's like bracing up. Yeah, yeah. it is. So, so what it was is mm-hmm. is a little four month old. You mm-hmm. know, obviously your baby stepping up the gun intro and everything. Yep. And so we get out there. Great bird scent gets birdie all excited and driving on the bird on the first one. Second one, we introduced the primer from uh, what 75 yards back. I had y'all uh, probably uh, not that far, but okay. pretty close 50 yards. Yeah, 50 yeah. yards. And the puppy starts chasing, fire the primer, just slight acknowledgement. Not a didn't tuck its tail, ears, and, and yep. run back to the owner or anything, but. It very clearly noticed the gunfire, and it stopped chasing the bird. And then back off on the gunfire. And so I told them, I'm like, well, back up another 25 yards. Yep. We'll plan it. Let's see what the dog does on this next bird. It actually started locking up on point, but then would shy away from the bird on the next one, just Mm. from that one gunfire. Yep. And so I was like, all right, no shot. And then... It got a good flush and chase, and it was right back to normal. And yep. I was telling them, this is the exact reason why you don't just take a dog to a gun range or just, yep. I want to see if my puppy's gun shy, and you just go shoot over the top of them. No, it is going to be gun shy. Yeah, and puppies are made gun shy. Even then, we talk about it a lot, like being able to, you know, you, you stick to your goal, but being able to adapt your plan and, you know, Nick's plan sounded like, hey, back up another 25 yards. And then based on the reaction of the dog was like, nope, going to change the plan. We're not shooting here. And maybe if you would have, now you've created a dog that's yeah. gun shy, gun sensitive, whatever you want to call it, has gun issues. And that's, 
that's not a good thing to have with a gun dog. So, <laughs> um, so what do you guys think about all the different breeds? I mean, do you guys have a favorite yet? Do you kind of know what you're man, going I like, for? I like the looks of those Muncies, man. <laughs> yeah, good good size. Especially, yep. man, Lucy's like a stud, man. She's so little. I mean, she looks like a little <laughs> fox running around. She's awesome. Yep, uh, I like that one. I like the uh, what was it? Uh, I think someone had a draw it out there that mm-hmm. I liked. Um, what about you? Dude. He liked that poodle pointer, man. No, the poodle, it was a cool looking dog. I don't know what a big one looks like compared to you know the four <laughs> month old. Um, dude, I really love the looks of some of those GSPs. I mean, yeah. I really do. Yeah. But those things get it, but, man. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> yep. The I, looks, I, just, I but, but. <laughs> no. But so the one thing when it comes to you know everybody's different on what they want to use the dog for, exactly. how they want to use the dog, you know what makes a good dog for them, you know size wise and just you know what makes sense personality wise. Uh, one thing that I'm, I'm really kind of want to focus on is a dog that's 50 pounds or less at, you know, full grown. Yeah. That's not overweight. Of course you can always, I've seen, I've seen little <laughs> sure. dogs that should be 25 pounds or over 50 pounds. Yep. Um, but something that is in that size range, one thing to be a better home dog and living in the house. Yeah. Uh, but also something that's going to be easily transported. Um, also one thing that's important for me is something that you can also blood trail with being a deer hunter. Cause I do mm-hmm. want to use the dog for that. Uh, and I'd love to, incorporate that more throughout the season and if i do have a buddy that you know shoots a deer and he's like hey i need a dog i would love to go out there and be able to use that dog with it and, and kind of work that in also be able to use it kind of what andrew's saying with the quail population exploding kind of where we're at i would love to be able to use it for quail and of course like dove hunts and maybe the occasional wood duck hunt as well um and there's woodcock there too well the quail population's bird. not exploding where you're at. Let's not say that. Yeah. Dead. You, can go, you can go days without I know you said quail. that. I was like, we didn't say where we're from, did we? <laughs> no. Louisiana, I think. That's right. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so uh, when we were talking about it, I, I like the way the GSPs looked and everything, just kind of this, you know, the, the size of some sure. of them. Now, some of them are huge. Some of the males... Um, they're the worst breed about having such a variation in size. Like you might find one that's 35 pounds and you might find one that's 90 pounds. And I prefer the smaller ones, you know, Nick and I both have smaller GSPs. I mean, mine's bigger than his cause it's a male, but he's still on the small end. And just for the reasons you're saying easier to transport, I think they're less prone to injury. Mm -hmm. Um, even and just I, finances easier to feed. Yeah, and, yeah, exactly. You know, vets, vet visits, and all that. Uh, yep. And I like the look of them. Uh, they're they're a little more athletic, I think. But something that stood out to me is if you're wanting to use the dog for blood tracking, then something that's lower to the ground anyway makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they've they've bred wiener dogs and basset hounds. <laughs> yeah. And I think they've intentionally bred them to be short so mm-hmm. that their nose is spends more time close On to the, the ground. ground naturally. So, you know, something that's a smaller dog makes sense if you're going to use it a lot for blood tracking. Yeah. And I, I know, again, still being very new to this and kind of learning some of the breeds, um, I know some of y'all, and there was another gentleman I spoke with today that was recommending the German version of uh, the German short hair. Uh, which yeah. the DKs the D, anyway in the DKs just because correct me if I'm wrong the way they're kind of brought up and to be able to bread they have to pass certain um, they focus qualifications. they focus more on tracking mm-hmm. and and a lot of fur stuff that NAVDA maybe doesn't focus on as much there's elements in NAVDA that you know they have some tracking they 
they have, I guess you could, could yeah, a little <clears throat> bit of fur aspect, especially if you bring your own on the duck drag and stuff like that. But the German system definitely puts more focus on tracking and fur than NAVDA does for sure. And, uh, you know, a German short hair is not a specialist at tracking. They, they do tracking in the NA test. They do a drag in the utility test. So sure that's tracking. But what I notice with a lot of short hairs with tracking is they, most of them have such a, a high drive motor that they're, natural instinct is to go out and search rather than to stick their nose to the ground and track. Now I've seen short hairs put their nose to the ground on a, on a hot trail and, and track, you know, for the drag, especially it's a really heavy scent trail. Um, but they're more designed in my opinion, to be able to track something like a wounded pheasant and that high drive motor comes in handy because the pheasant goes down, the dog is on it quick Mm -hmm. and then immediately goes into a track and is, is basically closing the gap on that that wounded game very quickly, and that's not necessarily what you want with with deer, right? Correct. You want to give it time to die, and then bring your dog yeah. out for like a slow, methodical, and deliberate that, track. That's something good that the Germans do focus on because the German system naturally focuses more on retrieval of game than it does on finding of game. And so there are diff- different certifications within the German system. Like they have the 20-hour track and 40-hour track that you yep. can get certified in. And so obviously if you stick within the German system, what you guys are going to use for, like you said, you all have woodcock down there and you all might do the occasional quail hunt, but it's it's going to be doing a lot of deer tracking and you know just intermittent duck hunting, whatever you all are doing, maybe even some squirrel or rabbit mixed in with there. <laughs> but, you know uh, what's interesting I'm just sitting here thinking about this is, is the, the confirmation of dogs. Like we were talking about the Basset Hound being lower to the ground. A lot of the DKs have longer ears than the Americanized German short hairs. So uh, take Rachel, for example, like she doesn't have real long ears mm-hmm. and she came from a guy that does, you know, a lot of walking field trials and grouse hunting and stuff yeah. like that. You look at one of the German bred short hairs and generally speaking, their ears are longer, and it's, you know, the purpose of the ears being longer is to, like, uh, I guess, like, waft the scent <laughs> in into their nose. So, there's there's a utility to that, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, what are you leaning towards? I know Jacob just, you know, mentioned the GSPs, and I, I told him the other night, well... I know what you're leaning towards. I was like, you know, Jacob, you might you might end up leaning towards the same way Andrew is, but honestly, like I see you kind of as a GSP guy, DK guy, and I'm, you know, about to have him talk to Scott and a couple other DK guys, but uh mm-hmm. what are you leaning towards? Uh no, not leaning towards. Hold on. Let's not say leaning he's towards. Already I mean, sold, he's already right? he's already writing the check, all right? <laughs> let's be honest here. Yeah, man, I like the Munsterlanders a lot. The I really so do. what is it that you like about the Munsters? They're smaller and we kind of got on that kick. The the you size like the way and they everything look? Yep. is definitely the look, size and everything. That's a big selling point cuz like I wanted a dog that looks good to and me. Tiffany sure. likes and it. Tiffany likes it too. <laughs> That's enough right there. Lie. Yep. Uh but I don't know. Something about them, dude. I just yeah. I like them. Yeah. I really do. Maybe it's because I when, when I was a kid, we had an English pointer, and we didn't we didn't do anything with like he was the worst dog because and it was our fault, man. Like we yeah. didn't do anything everything wrong. 
everything wrong. You had a race car in the garage and never even took oh, it. Oh man, he, yeah. he he ate doors. Yeah, <laughs> one, one time he ate live drive. ammunition. Uh, all kinds, dude. All kinds of stuff. Bad. They will find a way to get the energy out. Oh yeah, man. He's like a cheetah running around terrorizing the neighborhood. <laughs> a lot of people will tell you don't pick a dog based off of looks. I mean, even out of a litter, don't pick don't pick based off of color. But there's something to be said. I mean, you're going to have the dog for. 10 to 15 years, mm-hmm. I think it's important to pick something you like to look at. So, yeah. Have you ever shot a dog over an ugly dog? That, or uh, shot a bird <laughs> over an ugly dog? <laughs> I messed that one up. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, any dog that finds birds is pretty to me. Like, I don't. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I get what you're saying. You I get it. But you, it's. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's all in what you're looking for. And, and I like to keep in mind that dog's going to spend a large percentage of its life in the house you know when you really break down the hours that it spends hunting yeah compared to what it spends in the house it's that's why it's important to have a a good house companion too not Mm -hmm. just a good looking dog but something that's going to behave in the house and munsties i mean they're good in the house they're known for that's a big selling point they're known for having the off switch another thing is like um I'm not, and I've kind of told you this, I'm not entirely sure what all I'm going to end up doing with the dog. Like, I do a lot of different things. Like, I hunt everything pretty much that's legal to hunt in Alabama at some point yeah. or another. <laughs> so, I don't know what I'm going to be, like, focused on. You know, it's, right. it's like, I don't want to get a dog where I'm like, I'm going to bird hunt with this dog. Because mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm going to have, like, the time to go travel to bird hunt. I don't know how the bird hunting is going to be on my place. So, I'm like, well, maybe I want to track with it. Maybe I want to duck hunt. Maybe I want to do this or that. I just don't know. So I, I want to get something where I can kind of try all of it that's not super laser-focused on one thing because I'm really not laser-focused on anything. Yep. Uh, so that's a big thing for me. And um, you said that like a monster lander, like you were talking about Lucy's nose and it just caught my attention. <laughs> I was like, mm, yeah. that sounds pretty good. Uh, the, it's like, I think I'm going to track deer with it, but I'm not entirely sure if that's yep. going to be something I really get into. And on the other hand, I might go out there and kick up some quail or some woodcock and get hooked on it. Yep. Like, I don't know yet. So, And I mean, it... The, the tracking really caught your eye attention with her because her nose is great. Once he's generally speaking yep. again, I mean, yep. I, again, dog in the dog world, we try not to speak generalities too much, but you, but they're you there. You kind of have to, they're there. Yep. Uh, but you've seen videos of me doing deer oh, yeah. tracks with her. They weren't anything special. They weren't overnight or anything. They weren't super long, but it was just when I shoot a deer and why not? Let's get the dog going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so to clarify, though, you're not just looking at a small Muncie. You're looking within the German system, the Kleiner Munsterlander, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, you, yeah. you piqued my interest. I yeah. Gonna lie. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it, it's kind of a new venture because I've been in the NAVDA side, and I'm ju- I'm trying to get associated with the German system more and more so that I can help guide you oh, as, w- yeah. as well as maybe myself here in a, in a couple years. But uh so after today, you know, we, we've spent hours out there today. And like we said, you've seen dogs from all age groups and all breeds. What was y'all's biggest takeaway or like biggest impression throughout the whole day? Oh, oh okay. I'll go first since everyone's looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> You're up. Yeah. So my, one of my biggest impressions is, is how good a dog can be even when it's had a break. And what I mean by that is like when we went out um, with uh, with both Cash and uh, Scout, all those awesome dog. dogs, yep. Yep. And, and kind of just watching them work and watching some other dogs work, you know, the, going from the 
the NA kind of testing grounds to like over here, which is called the the Utility UT field. UT. Okay, yeah, UT yeah. We, we break it down by fields. Oh, that's fine. Uh, the training day. Well, just kind of seeing the difference and it shows me on what could be capable when you put the time into it. And, and one thing that really impressed me, because growing up we had dogs, but man, they, you know, they'd, they'd come to your name, they might sit, but they're not, <laughs> it's not the obedience that like your dog, uh, uh, Mitch. Yeah, Mitchell, yeah. But he does. And like, you know, some of these other dogs I'm seeing, and that fascinates me. You know, having a dog that truly is, you're that connected with, that listens to you that well, that I mean, when he tried to get up back on that table, when he stepped off and he tried to like step backwards up on the table when he's on back place, <laughs> I'm like, dude, that is too freaking cool. It, that was hilarious. That dog would have been like, cooler if he just stayed on the table. Well, listen, 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 I'll be 100% honest. Being a single bachelor, I think that's a pretty impressive feat when you got a dog like that. But uh, I don't know. That whole thing, just seeing the obedience on a lot of the dogs was very impressive to me. And just kind of what you can get the dog to and, and even beyond. Because uh, again, growing up not being in that kind of realm and seeing dogs that that kind of obedience was extremely impressive. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I mean, pretty much the same thing with me, like what's possible. But one thing that was enjoyable for me is seeing all the, all the different people and how all of them were a little bit different mm-hmm. with how they were talking to their dog, how they were like trying to guide their dog to do different things. Um, that was interesting because I've never been around dog people really. I mean, mm-hmm. like, you know, gun dogs. I've been around regular dog people, but Nothing, nothing like this. So seeing all the different styles um, and just like watching someone like talk to their dog and command their dog and do different things and like watching the dog and watching like the wheels turn. They're like trying to figure it out. It was, yeah. it was cool, man. Did you notice a consistency of what worked? I'm interested to, when you saw a bunch of different methods, like. It, I'll say that it kind of seemed like the people, people who were like, yelling at their dog in a way where they're kind of sounding harsh. It kind of sounds, it seemed like the dog was a little bit less likely to do what they were asking. Hmm. There was one guy who was like pretty That's heavy handed on the for. e-collar I was watching <laughs> and his dog, his dog was like, his dog was wily, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. And then, and then other people there, um, like when we were up at the pond, they're trying to, they, there's a GSP and a Munchlander up there and they were trying to get them to go fetch. The GSP wouldn't do it. And then the Munchlander would, and the, they're just training differently. Like the guy with the Munchlander, yeah. he was making it like very fun for the dog. He's yep. like high pitched voice, clapping, doing all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Where the other guy is kind of commanding his dog a little bit more. And yep. You could tell the dog just like he wasn't fired up to go get the bumper. It's like taking a kid to a swimming pool for the first time, man. I mean, it's literally <laughs> the same thing you're doing to the dog. Yeah, I mean the, the GSP man, you could tell he was like he's kind of timid, like maybe he's a little afraid of the water or something. Again, I'm completely yeah. green, so I have no. No, idea. that's but, why I wanted to ask because yeah. I didn't want to. I didn't want to feed you that answer, but it's, it's refreshing <laughs> to hear it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Confirm it. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, it was definitely noticeable. I mean, you saw it too. Yeah, I feel like the dog represents exactly how the handler is. Yep. Like if the handler is kind of unsettling, unsettling. The yep. dog's not comfortable. Yep. I mean, like the ones that have the confidence with their dogs, even if they haven't been doing it for a long time, but the ones that are confident, they have that confident voice, that confident handling with the dog, that dog's like, okay, I'll, whatever, you know, I'll do what oh, you yeah. want, whatever. Yeah, it's and, just and like, the guy up there, he was, they were giving each other advice. He's like, make it fun for your dog, and he was getting his dog revved up, and it helped a little bit, just that yeah. one rep, but, you know. Well, it's like this, I don't know, it's like a lot of things. I mean, if, if you can't be confident in what you're doing, even though it's starting new, but it's like, I guess repetition is the biggest thing with the dogs. And yes. that's what I saw. It's like you can tell the ones that have truly been practicing at the house or however. Um, and then also, you know, just seeing some dogs not wanting to be in the water as much as others. That's one thing. I don't know. Let me ask y'all when it comes to like 
water training, getting dog comfortable with water, what's the best thing to do? Go put them out in the pool, have them swim around <laughs> with you. I don't know. There's well, a few, there's a few different ways to intro water, and uh, I mean, you saw one that, that there was a how old was that Griff pup? Oh, four months. Yeah, it was four months. Yeah. And it went in the pond, and I don't think it was the first time in the pond, but it was one of the first times. And someone else had their much larger griff mm-hmm. off leash. And, you know, a lot of people will say, just let the other dog, let the other puppy follow the the older dogs into the water. Yep. That's great and all if it's following the older one. But when you have a pup that's just chilling in the water because it's hot as blazes outside, and you have another 80-pound griff come and literally just, like, knock the dog just over. knock it over, yeah. and you can oh, tell yeah. the pup is starting to get get intimidated, you're creating a potentially bad association with water. Yep. And so, you know, Norm was right there. He said, don't let the, get the other dog out. Don't yeah. let it scare the puppy. And not a tragedy, yeah, but we just want it, everything to be a great right. experience. And, and that's just it. Dog. Just same thing with the bird and the gun. You want everything fun. You want the dog to associate everything good with water, good with gunfire, good yep. with birds. And so there's there's a few different methods to handle that that you know we've we've spoken about that in the past and we're going to speak more on it but yeah out of you know it's just it's just all about making it fun and I'm kind of impressed that you have handlers or people in this world in the in the gun dog world that they've been in it for a while and it takes them a long time to realize what you just described as far as picking up that dogs pick up your confidence and and how level-headed you are and that's something i mean it took me a few years to i'm not great at it (laughs) but i'm not either i work at staying level-headed yes and me and adam kind of keep each other in check when we work together if he's pissed off i'm like hey calm down and he'll do the same thing for me because it's hard when you want that success we've each told the other before like hey let's let's give your dog a break and really what we mean is you don't need to handle your dog right now. Yeah. You're not in the right frame of mind. Go put your dog away. Mm-hmm. But yeah. no one responds to that. It's like, hey, your dog, your dog needs a break. I think. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Um, you got to make it all fun uh, for puppies. So with water being the example, people get themselves in trouble at a training day because they drive two or three hours here, and they're like, I'm going to introduce my dog to birds, gunfire, water. <laughs> I mean, the list goes on, but that's that's like more than enough right right there. So their expectation is, I'm going to see my puppy point a bird. I'm going to shoot a, a blank pistol from a distance, and my dog's not going to care about it, and my dog's going to go swimming today. That could all happen. Could be great. But more realistically, your dog's going to charge in and take out the planted bird that you put out there, and it's going to catch it. And you're like, oh, man, this is horrible. No, it's not. Your dog might show like, you know, like, Ooh, what was that gunshot? Not a big deal. It's not tucking its tail. It's not hiding under the truck. And then with the water intro, like people get in their mind, my dog is swimming today. Like wrong way to go about dog training, especially with a puppy, like get out there, let the dog, you know, make some splashes with rocks, throw a bumper out there, walk walk out out into the water and see if the dog will come with you. And then when it doesn't go as planned, that's when people are like, oh, let me just go pick my dog up and carry it out into the water, which still may not be a bad idea. Like that's some people's method and it works, but I would rather just let the dog figure out on its own that this water thing is not a big deal. You know, it's, it's just another 
and type of terrain really to piggyback off that how many times did y'all hear me tell somebody not tell somebody but like they'll come and ask me you think i should do this and i'm like personally if it's my dog i wouldn't because you did x y and z today end on a good note you mission accomplished go home yep and you know i Austin, man, catch had a a bang up day today. Yeah, and he put he, he was excited. Cash did exactly what he wanted. Yep, he puts them up, and like five minutes later, he's like, "I think I'm going to do another round with them." Like, Why? Nope, you got exactly <laughs> what you wanted. Man. Yeah, end on a high note. Come back down here tomorrow if you want to. But yeah, like all you're going to do is potentially mess up what just great session you had. Yeah, and you know it. it to your point, the people that, that really made strides today, it was short, sweet, directed, insistent. And then there's a few people that just, they always want to see more from their dog. And it's just like, man, just take the win and go home. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's a big loss when you do that with the wrong thing. And gunfire is the ultimate example of that. Well, he, that didn't scare him. Let's move yeah. closer. That didn't yeah. scare him. Let's move closer. Oh, that scared him. That's too close. Well, wait. You know, <laughs> well, uh, definitely I've learned just from today that less is more. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you, I can see how you can do a lot of damage with especially a young dog early on by trying to do more than what it's capable of doing at one time, especially like with a gunfire, especially just like maybe being more social with some of the other dogs. Um, and especially, you know, a really young puppy being around some of the bigger dogs that have high energy, scaring the crap out of it. Um, but definitely with the gunfire, I can see like how less is more. And I mean, I really did learn from that situation when that dog, that puppy was like, you know, he made that little flinch and then he wouldn't go back in on the bird. Um, you could tell he was interested, but he, yeah. he, he was anticipating the gunfire yep. after that next one. And he wasn't scared, but he was expecting it. I'm like, you know what? It's a four month old pup. There's no reason to push it, to push it. I'm like, you know, come back. And, and the handler knew it immediately. Mm-hmm. As soon as I said, no gunfire, he looked at me and was like, I saw that too. I'm like, yep, there you go. Exactly. So you got exactly what you needed out of that that scenario. Nick always laughs at my analogies, but it's like taking a, a kid to introduce <laughs> him to baseball, you know, and you're like, we're going to start with putting the ball on the tee. Oh, cool. You hit it. All right. Now step over here into this professional stadium and let's throw you a 95 mile an hour fastball. Like, <laughs> who in their right mind would do that to their five-year-old, right? Yep. Nobody. But it's- we come out here with dogs and we're like, ooh. He didn't mind the blank gun from 50 yards. Let's shoot a bird over him. Nope. It might be okay, you know? <laughs> well. But it probably won't be. That makes a lot right. of sense, man. And that's something that, that I've noticed with my other dog, which I got a mutt. He's mostly German Shepherd, but there's some other stuff in there, too. Yeah. And we've, <laughs> we've been training them, um, me and Tiffany have. And one thing that we noticed pretty early, because he's a smart dog, I mean, and and he picks up on some things like that. I mean, it's like 10 minutes, and he's got it. I mean, yeah. like we had the whole place training and crate training and everything. It took like one day, and yeah. I mean, he was he's solid. But then there's other stuff where you start teaching him something, and it's like he just doesn't get it. And then me and her talking, we're like, okay, maybe we're trying to do too much, too fast. Let's like take it back a step. Where we realize we're trying to trying to get him to do like the finished product, like mm-hmm. door manners or something. And we're trying to get him him to take the ACT and he hadn't even take the fifth grade TCAP or whatever it's called. Exactly. We're trying to get him to stay when we open the door and and sit and like stay right there. I'm like, well, let's just get him to stay without the door first and build up to it. And that's something that I noticed with, with him just being a complete amateur. But then coming out here, I saw it with all these other dogs too, which was refreshing knowing that like, at least on the right track in one way. Yeah. 
absolutely and well i hope you guys enjoyed it i i I saw y'all just smiling. Y'all got to shoot some birds. Y'all got to see oh, a, yeah. a little bit of action. But, you know, I have news for you. I, I saw all the dogs you saw today, and one of those was mine. So I can say this and be honest. Y'all didn't see great dog work today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, y'all the bits and pieces. Austin's Cash probably took the prize today. Cash probably had the best day out of everybody. Mitch yeah. had a couple good sequences. Rachel crapped the bed, in my opinion. Uh, and so y'all, y'all are going home enthusiastic and excited and y'all haven't even seen great dog work yet. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of that is the wind always swirls down here in the cove. Oh, man. So it's really difficult, but everything's green and we ran our dogs out. at two o'clock in the afternoon. I mean, yeah, 95 degrees, which you got to be really careful with that. Yeah. But the scenting conditions are horrible. So when you see one of our dogs lock up on point and you're like, Oh wow! Look at that. Yep. Wait till it's November and the dog does it from twenty yards, and you know there's a lot today of like, hey, where'd you plant this bird? Because the, you're trying <laughs> to like steer the dog towards it, and man, when every when all the green stuff dies and it's cooler and you got a nice fall breeze, like you'll it's see a, a lot better dog ball work. game. Y'all, y'all saw elements and flashes of good good dog work. Yeah, but I I, I was hoping that the brace work that we did. And I warned y'all before we, I'm like, it's two o'clock in the afternoon. You're probably not going to see anything great. They here. still but saw some good stuff though. They, y'all saw, y'all saw some flashes and it was enough to get you, get you <laughs> yeah. excited and push y'all over the edge. But like, just wait until y'all, y'all are, y'all are going to see that dog in the field that really opens your eyes. Like, man, if I do this right, that's, that's what I'm after. And that's what I'm going to get. And it's just, you know, good luck talking deer and, you're turkey on your podcast. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I, we're, we're baiting you guys in a little bit, uh, but I used to be an avid bow hunter, and <laughs> I started duck hunting, and it was like, I'm only going to go deer hunt to put meat in the freezer. I, and, of course, sure, I like antlers, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm just not obsessed with them anymore. Like, if I get a big buck, great. If I kill a freezer full of does, just as good i don't care yep. you know i'll find sheds in the springtime <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> well i'm glad y'all finally made it up pitch y'all's uh platform and what you guys do so everybody can find you um southern outdoorsman podcast we're everywhere that podcasts can be found um i know that we've been kind of talking down deer hunting a little bit but if you like <laughs> no. deer hunting check it out <laughs> not at all man i i love deer hunting Oh, no, I was talking about me in the beginning. I'm like, I kind of get burned out. I was was telling them they're going to have to give a disclosure to their audience once they get dogs because all (laughs) they're talking about is dogs now, and they don't even have it. So they're going to be like the Southern Outdoorsman dog handlers here (laughs) in a year or so. That's right. Well, hey, for the record, I'm going to call it now. You're going to end up with a small Munster Lander because I want to be able to reference this later. (laughs) And you're going to end up with a Deutsch draw here. I think so. A draught? Yep. I think he's going to get a draught. He's got a goatee and red hair, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was say that's what Nick said when we first started talking dog breed. He said, "Man, I really see you like being a drot kind of guy." See, yeah. and he's, I see it too. I'm not gonna lie. Well, I thought that's what you. That, that's the first first breed I said for him. But then he started talking about the size and really liking how short hairs look. I'm like, all right, DK. Then if we're not gonna Maybe settle so. on the drot, I'll. You know, you, you'll have a Kurtzar here soon. He's going to get a bearded dog, I think. <laughs> yeah, I love the looks of the trots, man. I love the beard. They look awesome. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> They're cool dogs. Oh, again, I, I appreciate y'all inviting us out. It, it's been fun yeah. and really kind of just seeing 
what can be possible, even just with a little bit of work with a young dog. I mean, that was the coolest thing is just seeing young dogs, you know, seeing birds for the first time. And then, you know, a little bit older dogs kind of performing a little bit, you know, in the actual kind of, uh, you know, field work. And, you know, again, some of the most impressive things I saw was just the obedience. I mean, that is, again, coming from a household when that was not a thing with any dogs, (laughs) no dogs ever. (laughs) Terrible, terrible. To seeing that, I'm like, that is like icing on the cake in my opinion. Well, it's kind of the same thing with the German system, but me and Adam have gone hunting with guys to where when we get out of the truck, they're manhandling their dogs, and it takes them 10, 15 minutes to get the collars on their dogs, and we're just standing up there at the gate with our guns slung over our shoulder and our dogs at heel, and they're like, yep. oh, those are the NAVDA guys. Those are the NAVDA guys. <laughs> yeah. Everyone else, it's like their dog, the gas pedal's pressed down to the floor all the time. They're just holding the collar ready to just let it go. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's uh, That's what you get out of the NAVDA and German system yeah, it's, is, is it's obedience. It's not breed-specific with the obedience thing. It's, it's human specific in my opinion well so well, we're definitely going to check back in here soon i know that we're, we're talking about coming down y'all's neck january, of the wood and january yeah new, yeah. new year's yep. quail hunt and and have some fun and we're definitely gonna follow you guys along as y'all figure out kind of the path you guys take with each pup and you know we'll see what what each of y'all get and if adam's prediction is correct or not <laughs> it's probably right for me we're pretty made up yeah. <laughs> you're I, the easy one I'll, man i'll say um like big shout out to navda because this the whole the whole thought of getting a gun dog has been in my head for like a lot of years um and to make it attainable like you you're a big part of that because you're giving me information that I wouldn't have got elsewhere. You know, I could read on Google all day, but I'm it's the internet, so I don't know if I'm like getting good info. <laughs> but then I see you and your dogs. You're giving me advice, but then coming out here and being around all these people and everyone is very willing to help. Just people start walking up and giving me advice. I don't even have a dog, <laughs> and so it makes it so much more attainable. Because now I'm like real confident. Like, yes, I can get a dog. I can really do this because that community's there mm-hmm. that yep. I can be a part of down the line. So absolutely, Thanks, yeah. I was I was intimidated with. My- my first dog to come to Navda, even though you hear about, you know, how friendly it is. And I mean, Ron always says it on the hunting dog podcast too. Like I'm telling you, just go to a Navda training yep. day. They'll we be had, welcoming. We had four people here today without dogs. Yeah. I love Which is that. great. Yeah. One guy is saying that it's two years until he gets his dog. Yeah. Because of the timing. Apparently he's about to have uh, another kid and his wife is like, years and so he's been he was here last month too and he, he's here this month and he's like i'm gonna come every month until i get that dog let's just get a puppy years. and put it in his truck next month yeah <laughs> yep. like all right here's yep, your dog here you man. Go. <laughs> but yeah it, it's fantastic and i love seeing new people get involved and uh yeah appreciate it guys and we're definitely gonna follow Thank up you, and uh, knock out some hunting this this uh winter Thank you for listening to GDIY. If you enjoy this podcast, please remember to take a moment to rate, review, and share with a friend. Also, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram under Gundog It Yourself. If you really enjoy this podcast and would like to contribute even more to future content, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Gundog Yourself. Thanks again and happy hunting. 
Everyone seems to have the same questions or concerns when they start trying to decide which kennel to purchase for their vehicle. Perhaps it's time to stop asking all the questions and just design the perfect setup that meets your exact needs. B-Pro Kennel specializes in designing and fabricating custom premier dog boxes handcrafted right here in the USA from high-grade, lightweight aluminum. They'll get you set up with the size dimensions, lighting, storage, battery boxes with solar charging, and anything else you can dream of. Stop stressing over buying the wrong setup, just have to replace it again and again year go ahead and check out bprokennels.com and get exactly what you want if you're considering changing your dog's food soon then be sure to check out yukonuba pro performance their science-backed formulas are designed to take your dog to the next level of performance they also now have the new puppy formula to help your pups start strong and live active when looking at all the different food options remember yukonuba to help power their ultimate performance Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Bob from Lone Ducks Gun Dog Chronicles podcast. I hope you just enjoyed the episode you just listened to. And if you did, I think you'll enjoy hopping on ours. We've got professional retriever trainers and upland bird dog trainers from across the country and world sharing their tips and tricks and great stories to help you and your dog get ready for the season. We'll see you there.